And now. And now. It's time for another edition of the Sports and Metal Podcast. We talk hard-hitting sports and bone-crunching metal. Sports and Metal. Because sports and metal go better together. Now here's your host, Jason Voorhees. And Aaron Savage. Oh, yeah! Hey, I'm Kevin. Hey, I'm Johnny Yee. Tune into our radio show, Philly Rock Live. We play the classic hard rock and metal from the 70s and 80s. We grew up on. We play the new music those same bands are making today. And we play new music from around the world. Not to mention the great bands from our own local scene. You will not hear a mix of music like this anywhere else. If it kicks ass, we, we play, play it. Philly Rock Live. Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. Philly time. On phillyrockradio.com. Listen online with your mobile device or even your smart speaker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sports and Metal Podcast. I am your host, Jason Voorhees, and as you can see, I don't have Aaron Savage. I'm not Aaron. Today. We got Phil. But yeah, so anyway, my, my partner in crime, Mr. Aaron Savage, is actually in Hershey Park as we speak on a family vacation, and he just so happened to call me a few minutes ago and tell me that he got Guns N' Roses tickets. Holy shit. I'm like so super jealous right now, but I'm happy for him. He's on vacation. So anyway, I'm super excited to have Phil here filling in. And uh, what's going on, brother? Dude, man, I'm more upset that I'm, I'm I'm with you and not up there watching Guns N' Roses in Hershey. I, I'd much rather do that, no offense, than do this show. I mean, they, they've been on my bucket list for ages. Yeah, yeah, I actually only saw them once, and it was like, couple years back what was their first you know when they uh you know came back and uh i think it was 2016 so i actually had tickets to see them uh last year 2020 but of course 2020 was canceled right exactly. and then um they weren't coming back to philly at the time so i just got a refund instead of getting you know tickets what? What wasn't it just like the anniversary of Appetite for Destruction like a week or so ago, or it was something like yeah. that? And I remember I don't know if it was with you or somebody else on Twitter. I got into it like somebody posted about the album, and I'm like that album like started like I was young when that that album came out, but my my older brother was blaring that album for from years in his room, and that's the album that got me into rock and roll. You know that oh, that, yeah. that started you know. It, it was Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. That started, and obviously I branched out from there, but that was the number one album for me as a kid. Yeah, it was actually Aaron who did that post, and I was saw, it I saw the, the discussion that you got in it, and I, I agree. Uh, for me, it's it's probably in the top. It, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite albums of all time, and it's definitely mm -hmm. up there as one of the top albums of all time. Obviously, that's a debate for another day, but... Uh, before we get into the show, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up a, a, a subject. Uh, we, unfortunately, this has been happening way too many times on a daily and weekly basis. Um, but I wanted to, you know, pay tribute. The music world had another terrible, terrible loss this week. Three great musicians uh, have passed away. So, you know, rest in peace, Dusty Hill. Obviously, Dusty Hill, the bassist, one of the uh, longest tenured members of ZZ Top, uh, you know, 
I'm not a huge ZZ Top fan, but who doesn't know ZZ Top? I mean, they're one of the most iconic, you know, bands that, you know, that, that we've ever had. I mean, with the big beards and actually you, you, you could uh, play in that. Band. When I used to have it longer, maybe. Yeah. But uh, no, anyway, rest in peace, Dusty Hill, uh, Joey Jordison, uh, drummer of Slipknot, long time, you know, one of the founding members of that band and, you know, major uh, songwriter. Uh, he also passed away. And then Mike Howe, uh, you know, and not a lot of people might know him, but he he was uh, the lead singer for Metal Church, uh, who was one of the most influential, uh, you know, bands coming up in the 80s. So, um, you know, we wanted to pay tribute to those three guys. And like I said, I, I it's it's a terrible loss. And um, it, I guess it's just part of getting older. You know, once we get old, you, you just start losing people. And yeah, but some of these guys, some of these guys weren't that old. And, you know, no. I mean, you don't ever want, I mean, I'm not trying to say that Dusty Hill was, you know, old and, you know, whatever, but he was in his seventies, you know, you know these guys were in the other guys, the guys were in their late forties, early fifties. And, you know, that, that's just too soon to get your ticket punched. I mean, you never know when it's getting punched, but it's, it's too soon. Yeah, it's definitely way too soon. And, uh, like I said, I, you know, I didn't really watch ZZ Top, like, you know, or listen to them much, but, you know, I've always, you know, I, I always remember the, the video for Legs, you know what I mean? Like, it's just mm. iconic. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, Dusty, rest in peace, and there's a lot of people uh, paying tribute to him, a lot, you know, a lot of musicians out there, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, you know, just paying, you know, absolute respect to these guys, and, like I said, rest in peace, guys. We'll definitely miss you. So I wanted to start tonight's show with a, a subject. I, I I know we, you know, both of us kind of, you know, we're Philly local sports fans. But um, I, I wanted to start tonight's show off with a, uh, a national sports story that, you know, has really got me upset. And, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. But, uh, you know, Simone Biles um, – Obviously, you know, I'm sure most of you all know, you know, she had to, um, you know, bow out of the Olympic competition and, you know, it, it was basically because of her mental health. And, you know, we have people on Twitter, we have politicians, we have, you know, people that of, of uh, you know, that are very well known coming out and, and saying disgusting disturbing you know I, I can't believe some of the tweets that i saw it, it's absolutely mind-boggling to me how you know these people just think it's okay to to bash this this poor girl like who has you know who in itself was it's hard enough for her what she's been through with with you know the sexual assault and and the rape that, that she went through and, you know, for her to, you know, actually not be able to continue this, you know, Olympic tournament and, you know, say she needs to take care of her mental health and that for people to come out and come after her, it, it's really pissing me off. Yeah. I, I wanted to get your thoughts. I, I don't even know where to start with it because I have so many different, you know, thoughts on you, – you, you said all those different things. I want to talk about the people bashing her. I want to talk about her. I want to talk about mental health. I want to talk about, you know, her sexual abuse and, and how that's affected – I mean, there's so many different areas to go into. But first off, the people talking poorly about her. 
you know, Piers Morgan, all, you know, all these different people out there. Disgusting. I don't understand how these people keep their jobs on TV and radio. And I, I, I keep going back to when, when Skip Bayless bashed Dak Prescott for being admitting depression after his brother committed suicide. And they didn't even slap anything. Like, how can you say that and get away with it? it, it it's disgusting. But you got to think of, think of it this way. First off, mental health, it's health. You know, it's, 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 it's no different than physical health. It's an, it's an injury just like a physical injury. Okay. Depression is a real thing. And, and when you bash people for mental health, that's when suicides happen. When, when they don't feel comfortable discussing it, that's when they harm themselves. They fall into drug addictions, whatever it may be. So you, you really can't take this stuff, stuff lightly. And it, it's funny. She's, she's the goat in my opinion. She's, she's on Mount Rushmore of Olympic U S athletes. What probably one I haven't figured out all four, but I would put her and Michael Phelps for sure as two of the four greatest Olympic athletes in the U S ever. She was part of a large group of, you know, gymnasts that were sexually abused, raped and, and whatnot, but she's the goat. So that means she's the face of all of this. So every interview she does, every appearance she does, every time she tries to stand up and talk more about it, she's being forced to, I'm not trying to say she needs to forget what happened, but she has no time to move on or compartmentalize what happened to her because she's got to relive it every single day. And, and that's got to take a toll on a person. And then with gymnastics itself, you know, it's such a fine line between success and hurting yourself severely. You know, with all the flips they do and all the different things, I, I'm not versed enough to say the names of moves and stuff like that, you know, but it's like, you know, a slight little distraction is the difference between just landing it, not even making a gold medal, landing a move and shattering your ankle or something like that. So it has to be taken seriously. And, and I, I, I applaud her for standing up for it and, and admitting her, you know, issues and all. I just wish everyone would give her, give her a little bit more common courtesy and good human, you know, decency and, you know, help her not make it a bigger issue. I mean, you, you just nailed it. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. I, I, I guess my biggest thing is, is that it just, once again, it just shows how the media and the Olympics, Olympic committee, you know, has failed when it comes to mental illness. Because Absolutely. this isn't the first time with, with mental illness with the Olympics. And obviously, social media is just complete train wreck when it comes to this like like you said like all these guys i mean we had a texas deputy general aaron reitz i don't know if you saw what ha what he said no i did not he basically he posted a tweet of curry strug in the 96 olympics who yep. played on a hurt ankle mm -hmm. and this was the caption he put contrast this with our selfish uh simone biles like Really? Like, and then of course he since has deleted the tweet. Of course. And uh, you know, um come out and said an apology. But like, what in God's name gives you the right to just come out and say that to somebody? Like, like I said, this is what causes suicides because people are scared to to to, to admit that they have a problem. This girl to me is a hero for doing what she's doing, and you know. I think, you know, like I said, the problem is, is that there's just some people that no matter what you do, they're just going to be full of hate. And, yeah. and it just seems like 
nobody had the, the word I like to use is tone deaf. Like it's almost like people Great like time. totally like gloss over it. Like it's not an, like it's not an issue. And the problem is, you know, I personally suffer from depression. So I obviously can speak to this from my own. Hey, we both do. And, and, and I've shared my story with, you know, many people. I actually shared my story on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Not, not the whole story, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I had, you know, some rough things happen. And like I said, this gives me even more strength seeing someone like her, because like you said, she's the goat and, and she's the face. But see, my problem is though, these big name people bashing her and saying such awesome things are going to scare people. And, and, and I'm trying to find, as you were talking, I was trying to think of a way to properly say this and I'm not trying to be insensitive or un, un you know, rude in any way. You know, we said that this could lead to suicide, you know, severe mental issues. And I've always been, you know, I'm not trying to say people are for suicide. I'm against suicide in the sense that I've always said it's selfish for people to commit suicide because there's so much help out there for you to get if you're that, you know, you're, you're suffering that bad. But on the flip side of the equation, when somebody comes out and admits that they have problems to try to get the help, they're bashed about it. So they don't, people don't want to come out and admit their problems. So it kind of brings it all around to it. You know, if you don't have something nice to say about this, just, just don't say it. Why do you have to do such keyboard warrior, tough guy comments when it's a serious, serious issue in the world today? I, I mean, even today, Eagles practice news comes out about Jalen Rager. All of a sudden, people are just quick to, to, to listen. Uh, when, I, when when it comes to people's mental health, like dude, like we gotta we gotta give it a rest. Like Absolutely. listen, I, it's one thing to sit there and say, "Oh, Jalen Rager stinks" or whatever, but then when you find out, like he just lost a close relative, like and people are just on there, like you know, f him, and it's just so insensitive. Like, what have what have we become? Like. Animals. We've become animals, basically. It, it, it sometimes makes me not even want to go on like Twitter and any oh, social yeah. media because it's just I see more hate than than good. Like, wh- and, and I wish more people would take a stand. I mean, I do see like it's good like you and I taking a stand, but I'd like to see like people that have like can could could, could you know make something happen exactly stand up, and, and I don't see enough of it. I mean, Simone Biles, like, not only does she have, not only is she suffering from mental illness, you know, from what she went through, a traumatic experience, she's also a female and she's black. She's got three things that she's already kind of, you know, I'm trying to think of the right word. She's already at a disadvantage in three areas, like, you know, in people's minds for what, you know, they're coming at her. It's not right, man. It's, it's not, not right. And, and it's really frustrating because, again, she has given her life to this point to to show off for the United States. She, she's represented our country for how many Olympics so well. Like I said, she is the greatest Olympic gymnast of all time. So she has literally poured her life into representing this country, and this country can't show her the support that she rightfully deserves. Uh- or not even the support. If you don't want to support her because you disagree with it, just keep your mouth shut. Exactly. If you have nothing nice to say, then just stay out of it. Because like you said, 
it does no good for for appears Morgan to, to put his things on there. And then and then I see him like just going at people, and then you know, people are calling him racial. He is a racist. He's I an mean, awful person. Just a disgusting like dude, to me, that's somebody that should just log off Twitter. Like, get the freak out of social media. People keep paying them. them. People anyway. keep putting them on TV shows. People keep giving them everything. It's disgusting. It really is, man. It just drives me nuts, and it aggravates me. And I had, I was like, you know what? I was thinking of topics for tonight's show, and I'm like, we have to talk about this because absolutely fine. It's it's at the point where it's become almost unbearable sometimes to see, you know, what some of these people do and or what they just think they could they could just say whatever they want and get away with it. And, you know, there's a, a ton of people in this country that suffer, you know, some type of mental mental disorder. And it's just sad. It really is. And, it, you know, it's sad. It's frustrating. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what else to say. I think I, you know, yeah. said what I had I mean, to say. Yeah. But. It, it, it's, a, it's a subject people don't even want to talk about. You know what I mean? Because people aren't comfortable talking about it because they don't really know enough about it unless you've suffered through some form of anxiety depression mental health you know you know issues in your life you don't feel comfortable talking about it. and even people that you know have suffered you know whatever it may be don't even want to talk about it necessarily so you know it's definitely something that needs more people talking about it openly and 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 and, and, and keeping the discussion going so that maybe one of these people that are so ignorant Maybe a light switch goes off if enough people bring up the topic. Maybe if we could just turn one ignorant person on it, you know, around, maybe it makes some 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 kind of a difference. But no, you're right. Like we have to talk about it, and you're right. Like you know, it's a thought provoking subject, and the only way that we'll move forward is if if we talk about it, absolutely, and more people talk about it. So, and, you know, not not to get off the subject of that, but another angle too that, that that's disturbing about this is that, you know, that's not enough people are talking about is the Olympic, the fact that the Olympic committee, like basically brushed this stuff under, under, under the rugs, like the, the whole situation that she went through, like the guy that's, you know, in jail, uh, the Nasser, the, the doctor. And like, I mean, what he did was disgusting. And like, there's people in the Olympic committee that like basically tried to hide it. And nobody's like, nothing has still been done about it. And that, that you think that doesn't weigh on her? I mean, that that's definitely the issue. And like I said, every time she's interviewed, she probably does a dozen interviews a day. And every time she's interviewed, I am sure there's a question brought up about it. So she has to relive that thought process every it's single hard. day. You know, I, you never get over any tragic event in your life, whether it's, you know, what whatever it may be but you learn to com com compartmentalize it. You learn to live with it. But if you have to think about it every day and bring it up every day, you have no time to let yourself mentally heal. And, and it's really important to be able to do that. That's good. Good point. I, ho I hope he has. I mean, he's right there with her on the, I mean, I'm sure he's had issues being in that limelight for his career. I mean, I think, didn't he get in, not in trouble, but, because he came out that he smoked pot you know what i mean i mean he, he took he took it for that that's a minor thing but you know people just feel it's so easy to attack these celeb these these athletes and these these people for any form of minor not perfection that they do in their life 
Don checking in and yeah. Aaron. You're right, Don. It is. I mean, it, and and that's the, that's the, that's the whole point. Like that, some of these people don't get. You know, when it comes to mental health, it, it's more important than anything. More important than the sport, and that's why I brought up Rager because the Rager thing today came up, and I was just like, here we go again. It's like in a you know in the local area, like I just can't. I can't. Like I, like I said at the beginning. Mental health is no different than physical health. Mental injury is no different than a physical injury. They are the exact same thing. So, 100% right. Well, why don't we go on to a little more subtle topic, the NBA draft. And the reason I – I'm actually glad that I have you on because you're one of my guys that I – you know, one of my go-to guys when it comes to the Sixers. I, obviously, Big T Will and uh, your own – uh Scotty, Scotty's the man. Guys, I definitely look at those two guys, but you also, I mean, you, you, you obviously, you know, you're multifaceted when it comes to sports. So something like that. Um, I guess that's the way to call it. I guess my question to you is, I and, and I know the draft is going on right now, so it's probably there's they're already probably three, I don't know what the, the Pacers at pick thirteen are on the clock right now. Cade Cunningham obviously went one as expected. Jalen Green as expected went two to Houston. Um, Evan Mobley went three, Scotty Barnes four, Jalen Suggs was probably projected to go three or four. He went five, uh, Josh Giddy from Australia. A lot of people are high on him. He went six. So yeah, they're, 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 they're getting through it now. They're up to 13 right now. Now, were any of those picks surprises to you? And I mean, talk to the draft as a whole coming in. Well, so first, I'm going to answer the first part. I think Jalen Suggs slipping to five is a surprise. He probably should have gone two or three. Um, I was just on another show before this show, and a couple people were saying that uh, Josh Giddy is going to be the surprise of the draft. Uh, but So for two reasons, I'm not really even excited about the draft this year. Because one, at this point, I didn't think the Sixers were going to have the 28th pick. So I didn't even look at who the prospects from 20 to 30 were because I didn't think this – I thought the trade would have happened by now. And I really think the NBA dropped the ball by making the draft so close to the NBA finals because there's not enough time to process and, and dissect it all to really, plus the Olympics are going on, NBA, USA basketball going on. There's not enough time to figure it all out. You know, Dame Lillard, does he want to trade or not? You know, he's over in the Olympics right now. So he's not even focused on that and all. Um, so there was that. The other part of the equation, this draft as a whole, and some people, I, I know all the experts say this is a super deep draft. But I disagree. I think this is probably the worst draft since 2010 when John Wall went number one overall, Evan Turner number two. There might be some really good role players in this draft. But outside of Kate Cunningham going one to Detroit, I don't think there's a surefire player that's going to have a successful NBA career in this draft. I think they're all good players. There's all good hope with them. And you might, you always get that one gem that pops in 12 or 14 range and all of a sudden is this amazing basketball player, Paul George, you know, the Jonas, you know, Antacupo, you know, these guys didn't go one, two overall. Um, but honestly, I think there's going to be a lot of sixth and seventh guys off or six man of the year guys in this group, you know, 10th guys on your bench type guys. I don't think there's a lot of star power in this draft, but I do say Cade Cunningham, no doubt about it. Clear cut consensus. Number one player. And I think my boy Jason, Jason Sullivan, I do my golf show with him. I know he is super excited to be able to have a Cade Cunningham go to the Detroit Pistons and start that restart in that organization. He's a Detroit guy, right? That's He lives up there in Detroit, yes. Yeah, because I heard him saying that 
I think he told you or something earlier or yesterday. Um, who, if you had to say, who, who, who do you think is there? Is there any like guys that could be sleepers? Like, is there anybody I mean, that could- I, do you consider somebody going six overall a sleeper? Because Josh Giddy, is it Josh Giddy? Yeah, Josh Giddy. I love the European and the foreign players that are drafted early-ish in a draft, in the top 15 or so. Because European players, they're just prepared better for NBA because they're playing professional basketball at 15, 16 years old. You look at guys that like a Luka Doncic and all. They came into the league ready to go from day one. So I, I really do like Josh Giddy. I think he has the potential to be – I'm not going to say he's going to come out and be a superstar right away, but he's going to contribute pretty quickly. I and mean, where'd he go? He went to, I can't even read my phone screen. He went to Oklahoma city thunder. You know, they have some good young talent there. He's already, he's probably going to be penciled into their starting lineup right from the get go. Um, so I think he could surprise people a lot. In my opinion, I also think a lot of these guys, you know, there haven't been a lot of trades tonight. I can't even judge how they're going to do on their teams. I still think there's going to be some trades happening, and some of these guys aren't even going to report to their cities that they're they're drafted to because there's going to be some. I know I know Golden State they they made their pick, uh, Jonathan Kumunga uh, from the Congo um, with their seventh pick. They were trying so hard to move that seventh pick. They don't want that seventh pick. They want somebody to step in now to help them win another title. Um, so I, I see someone like him getting traded right away. So that's how I'm looking at this draft. I'm not worried about sleepers or how they're going to do because. I need to wait another two, three weeks to see how the rest of this whole offseason shakes out. Um, because again, I don't see any superstar talent, you know, right off the bat. Interesting. So, which is completely against what ESPN has been saying for the last two or three weeks. But that's just my opinion. No, that, and, and and I value that because, like I said, I, I value your you know basketball opinion. Um, it, what what are your thoughts on? I, I was kind of confused. I saw that the Sixers traded for like the fifty third pick. What was that all about? Like I think I, that was all part of a plan. That, that that's all part of another plan. Okay. You know, does it have something to do with Ben Simmons? Or I, like, either it has something to do with Ben Simmons. Like, there's still. They, I mean, the Sixers don't pick for another. I don't what know, are your not 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 to change the subject, but you know, kind of piggybacking off of that. What do you think is going to happen with Ben Simmons? Obviously. Well, I, I, he's going to get traded. There, there's no traded. doubt in my mind he gets traded. Do you think that they get a marquee player, or do you think they have to sell short? What is your in the at the end goal? What do you think? What do you see happening? So, I, I used to say they have to get a marquee player no matter what, and I've also been saying that they've got to probably extend a trade to three, four teams to make all the parts work. Uh, but what I also thought then after that was. Maybe there's all these teams that are offering first round draft picks for Ben Simmons. And the fact that there's rumors like this, that the Sixers are considering these, these picks means that maybe Portland or Washington doesn't want Ben Simmons because he doesn't fit their time. Ben Simmons is 25. He's already a multi-time all-star. You know, if you know, Russell Westbrook got traded to the Lakers today, I don't know if it's hundred percent confirmed, but it seems like it's pretty much confirmed that he's going to the Lakers. You know, they move Bradley Beal as well, say to the Sixers, do they really need Ben Simmons in Washington? It means they're starting all over again there in Washington. So maybe they want more first-round draft picks. So maybe you move Ben Simmons for three first-round draft picks, and then you can then move those draft picks to Washington for Bradley Beal. So I think that is a possibility. Whether it's a three-team deal worked out or two separate trades that happen, there is going to be something like that worked out. And again, it's just like football. I'm not making my final predictions on the, the Eagles' record. Till I see the whole package, 
The Sixers, I'm not going to judge the offseason until they report to camp and see what all the moves wheeling and dealing go. I don't think, though, you said sell short. You don't have to sell short in Ben Simmons. You can run it back if you have to. I don't think they will, but you can. I, I saw somebody say, and I know he got traded today you know, for next to nothing, but people were talking about like Kyle Kuzma for Ben Simmons. Now, you're not selling yourself that short. You're just not doing it. Well, that's, well, that's why I asked you because, I, in my opinion, I'd rather have him back than just give him away. But, but so let me because, ask you a question: What is selling short? Like, well, give me some of the names that you've heard rumored to trade to the Sixers. I mean, Kyle Kuzma to me—that's selling short. Yeah, I wouldn't want CJ McCollum. Some people think is selling short. I don't think is selling short if the right package is put together around them. So, what's selling short to you? Well, that—I that, mean, to me, I. I would want, for me personally, I want either Beal or Dame Lillard. I mean, those that's are the it. Two. If you move Ben Simmons, you want those two, and that's it. it. Yeah, even if we had to give up Simmons and 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 a lot more, because to me, I want that third guy. I I, I just can't live with. I mean, I saw that the, the rumor, like with the Toronto rumor, with um, you know, getting uh, what was his fate. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry and then the fourth pick. That would have been a nice deal because it, then you could have, dra- you know, dra- well, who would have been there at four? Who would you have got? Right. Well, well, see, but again, then you get Kyle Lowry in the fourth pick. You're doing that move because then you're trading that fourth pick. And I said all along, trading Ben Simmons, Darren Morey isn't making one trade this offseason. He's tra- if he trades Ben Simmons, which he will do, He's also making other moves. But, you know, I mean, I, whether I, he I, trades I, Tobias Harris or whether he trades, you know, someone else. He's making two or three trades, one major trade, two or three. We're not talking about Seth Curry type. You know, that turned out to be a great trade, but that was a low level trade. We're not talking about we're talking about two or three major trades that are going to majorly shake up this roster. So no matter what happens, one trade is going to lead to the next trade, which is going to lead to the next trade. And all that, you know, there's rumors about Kyle Lowry, but there's also rumors that Fred Van Fleet and OG and their pick for Ben Simmons. There's a lot of different trade opportunities. I think we go and trade for Kyle Lowry, but I think that's separate from the Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons goes for whether it's Dame or part of a package to get CJ McCollum and some other parts. And then I think they make another move to get Kyle Lowry in a sign and trade deal. But on my opinion, you have to sign and trade for him. Kyle Lowry's going to want three years. I wouldn't give a 36-year-old point guard three years. I don't care about the $28 million. That means nothing to me. Money means nothing to me. It's not my money they're spending. You know, it's the years and how long you're going to be stuck with that player that worries me. So if you can get Kyle Lowry for one of your, you know, future picks and some young guy on our team and you get him for two years, $60 million, it's a no-brainer. Then you can move Ben Simmons – and I, I was bringing it up earlier, C.J. McCollum, and say Robert you're, – you're losing defense with Ben Simmons. So you get C.J. McCollum, and you maybe get them to throw in Robert Covington to come back, a great wing defender. Now you're talking. You're talking – you know, you're, you're, you're getting rid of Ben Simmons, and you're bringing in Kyle Lowry, C.J. McCollum, and Robert Covington. You, you, you've got a team you're starting to fill in around, you know, Joel Embiid. I, I mean, I, I could definitely live with that. I, I just – I guess my biggest thing is, like, you know – you drafted Simmons so high. Everybody had such high hopes for the guy. I mean, obviously he hasn't played to the potential that that we all 
you know, expected him. I mean, to but, I mean, he's made how many all-star teams? He's rookie I, of the year. Oh, he's listen, made it all pro teams, all pro me, I'm not teams. trust no, me. I'm so not I, again, I, I'm a big Ben supporter. I've always been. I just see the writing on the wall and know for the best thing for the team is for him to move on. I don't uh, want to see him move on. I think he's going to go to some small market team and maybe with less pressure thrive. And I hope he does. But as long as it's not beating the Sixers in the finals, I don't really care. Well, speaking of someone leaving their team, this week we kind of found out that uh, the news that we were kind of waiting all offseason for because we expected that Aaron Rodgers was going to be leaving uh, the Green Bay Packers. Then, of course, uh, at the 48th hour, uh, they kind of swept in and caved into his demands. So I guess my question to you, Phil, is uh, as we uh, saw the, you know, the tweets about the cryptic tweets between Aaron Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams yeah. about the last dance with the Michael Jordan tweet. So my question to you is, do you think this is going to be Aaron Rodgers' last dance? And, and, and do they win a Super Bowl this year with Green Bay? Or will it be a last collapse, and are they going to lose again, and then is he going to, you know, leave at the end of the year? What what are your thoughts? Will they win another Super Bowl this year? I don't know. Someone brought it. We were discussing on my show last night, you know, Watson and and, and Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff. Someone brought up a good point. Aaron Rodgers only won one Super Bowl in his career. It's not like he's got three, four, five rings. He's winning one Super Bowl. And I know they're tough to win and all. It just seems like the Green Bay front office is very stubborn. You know, they drafted Aaron Rodgers to replace Brett Favre. Brett Favre wasn't done with his career. They moved on from to get to Aaron Rodgers. They drafted Jordan Love. They might just move on from, you know, Aaron Rodgers because of that. I just don't understand how they can get rid of him because it's not Aaron Rodgers came out of college with some real serious hype. Jordan Love, on the other hand, what did Jordan Love really do in college to give you the confidence to put your, your, your future of your franchise in their hands? I don't know. I, I think when it all comes down to it, I think Green Bay gives in to Aaron Rodgers. He, he's only 37, 38 years old. He's uh, still playing top-tier football, so close to making the Super Bowl last year. He's one of the two top teams to make the Super Bowl again. It's either them or the Bucks again. It's going to be a clear front-runner between those two teams to make the Super Bowl this year. You know, I, I think they. I think the. This is not the last collapse. I think the front office collapses and gives in, to run it back again next year. And you're you're just not going to give up because you think about it. You lose Aaron Rodgers, you're going to lose Devontae Adams too. So then you're going to start all over again. So they're not going to want to lose both those players. So, it's interesting you say that though. But I, you know, from all accounts according to the reports. But, of course, then again, reports where Rodgers was leaving. So, yeah, exactly. But reports were that he's only coming back for one year. But I see what you're saying. Like, at the end of the day, you believe that the marriage is going to get fixed and that, you know, whatever ills there were, ill will there was towards him and the GM, you know, obviously money talks. I mean, you're right. It, it, it does. Money right? talks. It's kind of like, and I just thought of this, and I don't know if this is a good comparison or not. This might sound really stupid coming out. But it's like when two parents, they have a kid, but they're, they're, they're cheating and they're fighting and they hate each other, but they stay married for the betterment of the kids. It's basically what Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the front office may do. It's the best for the franchise, 
They're gonna they're they're gonna just bicker amongst themselves, put out cryptic tweets and stuff like that, and they're just gonna they're just gonna hang around as long as they can, because honestly, where else is Aaron Rodgers gonna go? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I think if he doesn't thought. stay with Green Bay, he retires that was early. My thoughts. I, I I said that if if uh, you know, he went to the Broncos or you know wherever they he would have went. He was not going to have as good of an opportunity as he will to win a Super Bowl with Green Bay. Because let's face it, last year, I mean, if it weren't for the bad coaching and at the end of the game, and then even Rodgers himself, he had that wide-open touchdown two times that he could have ran in at mm-hmm. the end of that game. I mean, Green Bay very well could have been in the Super Bowl. So Absolutely. let's face it, they have a great defense. They have Devontae Adams. They have a good running back who's probably top 10 in the league. I mean, he's very right. underrated as a running back as well. I don't think he gets enough love for what kind you of – he's, he's a great running back in my opinion. Well, they and, and Green Bay seems to always have like a good one-two punch. I know they let uh, the other guy go, uh, uh, Williams, Jamal Williams, but I, I believe they drafted a guy mm-hmm. who was basically his heir apparent. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, Dylan, right, A.J. Dylan. Yeah, so, he, was, he was a rookie last year, yeah. yeah. So, uh, to me, I, I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, I all, I, I'm not going to lie, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I mean, because people could go back at my tweets. I all along knew that Rodgers, at the end of the day, was not going to leave. I mean, right. I knew it was basically, and I don't want to say it was a charade, so to speak, but I do believe that, obviously, there's always, you know, there's always going to be that, fine line where you know it's back and forth and this one's going to threaten this and but at the end of the day it's almost like Rogers hand was tied because if he retired if he ever did want to come back he would still be with Green Bay like yeah. so really his only really recourse was to come back the, the, I really truly part- think Aaron Rodgers loves like he says all the, he says he doesn't like the, the the management but he says all the nice things about he loves being there he loves playing for that city he loves the teammates I really truly believe him in all that Oh, and, and I believe uh, too. I don't think he's a liar. He, you you mentioned Denver, you know they're, they're, the Eagles. You know there, there's a bunch of teams he could go Carolina. to. Carolina, Carolina. Those teams aren't ready to win Super Bowls right now. So no you know, do. unless Jeopardy calls and says, "Yo, we'll give you thirty million dollars a year to host Jeopardy for us," uh, he's not going anywhere. You know, out, outside of Green Bay, he he renegotiated his deal, so it's a one year deal. So he could be free agent after this year. So if he retired after this year, he could go anywhere when he came back. But the flip side of the equation, where's he going to go? Unless Tom Brady retires after this year and he goes to Tampa to take over for Tom. Well, that I mean, that was the report that I heard. Like someone, oh, I didn't even hear that. I was just making that one up. No, but well, someone did actually say that. They, and I don't know if it was like, I don't know if it was like it, like an Adam Schefter or somebody tweeted out like, you know, Brady's going to win another one and then retire, and then Rogers is going to go there, and it's going to be Tampa Bay is going to be like the destination for quarterbacks. That would be kind like, of hilarious. That would be kind of sick, really, if you think about it's it. It's kind of funny. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, I kind of knew it was kind of a soap opera, and I knew that it was going to kind of have a Hollywood ending type, mm-hmm. you know, story. So, you know, everybody's going to be happy, I guess, at the end of the day. I mean, Rogers got Randall Cobb as his buddy. Apparently, they're really close. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was never high on Randall Cobb, but he is a veteran. So, I mean, Randall Cobb, was he even in football last year? I mean, honestly, I mean. I guess it's a comfortability thing. Type yeah, thing. yeah it, it's a comfortability. You know, that doesn't help your team, you know, bringing Randall Cobb back. It just, you know, 
It's just it's it's he's being brought back to appease Aaron, and and that's all it is. Pretty much. Well, speaking of appeasing somebody, so I just heard the kind of the breaking news while we're doing this show, and my question was winners and losers of the trade deadline. Well, well I know who the losers like the are. It looks like the Dodgers are the winners because they just got Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. Trey Turner and Max Scherzer to the Dodgers. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, let's just give them a, let's give them the World Series. I mean, how many? How many? Oh, I don't know about that. We'll, we'll, we'll think about that. I have wow. to think about that. But pretty much, I mean, it just seems like the Dodgers are always buyers. Where are they getting these prospects from? Because it seems like they're buyers and they're landing big trades at trade deadlines every single freaking off season. Well, and it kind of, I'm I'm kind of confused at how they keep doing this. Wasn't Gabe Kapler like? Once one of the Dodgers, like, wasn't he involved in their like? Yeah, before he became a Philly skipper, that's he was in their player pretty, development system and all. That's pretty insane, right? Because look at the Dodgers. Well, the, Giants, the Giants are in first place still, aren't they I, in their division? Really? Are you kidding me? I know. It, it but, fucking breaks yeah, my heart. I, I did want to, you know, kind of run down. Like, obviously, you know, we, you know, who? What other big names do you expect to move off the board? Because we had Anthony Rizzo today, went to the yeah. Yankees. You had Max Scherzer now and, and Trey Turner go to the Dodgers. I mean, I've seen some things with the Mets, whether it's Javi Baez, or I, I thought they would be in on Scherzer and Turner. Bryant. Yeah, Chris Bryant. Um, I just, I also heard it, it seems like the Cubs are just selling off everybody. And, you know, I, I, I could see the Mets making a move. I heard um, the Mets link to um, Barrios with the Twins. Absolutely. because. Even though everyone thinks that the Mets need a bat, I could see the Mets trying to get Barrios and then have that Degrom Barrios. You know, I, I can see the Mets guys. making. I can also see the Padres because they were really close to getting Scherzer themselves. Um, yeah, they're and, probably and, 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 and the Padres, they're a team that could that should make the playoffs. I know they're in a tough division, but both wildcard teams are probably going to come out from the West. There, um, I, I could just see the Padres probably overpaying for somebody because if you look at that team, it's mostly youth that's carrying that team. They could use, could have used a Scherzer, you know, or a Trey Turner, a veteran guy that's been in multiple playoff chases and world series runs and all on that team. And once the Dodgers just instantly got better by making another huge trade, you know, they may have to overpay to get somebody, but they may do it. Um, The Yankees, I don't think they would necessarily be considered a winner. I think the Rizzo deal and I haven't looked at the prospects, but getting Rizzo I think is a bigger deal than getting Gallo because Gallo is just another home run strikeout guy that they already have way too much of in their lineup. Rizzo is more of a balanced, great defensive player, um, a veteran. I, I like Rizzo on that team better as a improvement than, than Gallo. Um, I've never been a fan of Joey Gallo personally. Well, He's having his like, best season ever. He's hitting 225. Looks like the Yankees gave up pitcher Alexander Vizcaino and Kevin Alcantara. I don't, I don't know yeah, either of them. So, I mean, when, when it comes from the Phillies organization, hey, I put it in there. Hey, we just talked about it. When it comes to prospects, I call them suspects. Yeah, I mean, they're not. Most I mean, prospects don't work out. That's it why is what there's, it is. you know, how many teams are in baseball, but every team's got five or six minor league teams with thirty guys on it. There, there's thousands of prospects. Most of them don't work out. When there's now, only a couple hundred spots to, to fill. An under-the-radar type move that I that I saw, uh, the A's uh, traded for uh, Starling Marte. 
That was the guy I actually wanted I didn't even to, see that. to I, didn't even see, I don't know when that happened. I missed that one. But that happened yesterday. Yeah. And it was a straight up for who, for Jesus Lazardo, who's basically the A's. He used to be like their number one pitching prospect, but he's kind of like went by the wayside. Charlie yeah. um, Marte yeah. is a guy that I really would have loved the Phillies to get because he's, yeah. he's controlled for a couple of years. Absolutely. And he would help us – our, our immense hole in center field. I mean, that's the guy I would have went after. Even if you weren't like saying, let's buy, like let's get one deal that could help your team maybe in the future. That would have been a guy that I would have went. And, and it also would have, it would have been a smarter move for the Phillies. And I know they were talking about Joey Gallo and some other guy and Chris Bryant, but those guys are more left field. So you get, you go trade for a left fielder that puts them in left field. That means you got to put McCutcheon in center field and we know he can't play center field anymore. So, you know, Sterling Marte would have been a really great pickup for the Phillies even if they didn't make the playoffs this year, because me and you both agree that the Phillies are not making the playoffs this year. Oh, no. I mean – Not even close. The other guy I really wanted was uh, Byron Buxton, but the you know, reports are now that they're not moving him. So yeah. – um, but, yeah, I would say to me, obviously, the, the obvious winner, I mean – Sweeping in now is the Dodgers, but it, it's still like I said. There's still going to be well, some four o'clock to, tomorrow, or is today Thursday? Yeah, so tomorrow four o'clock tomorrow is the deadline. Yeah, tomorrow four o'clock. I, I, I mean, I, I definitely expect Kimbrel to move. I, I mean, I I know they were saying that the Phillies were one of the favorites, but I agree. I think now that the, the Padres missed out on Scherzer, they're going to be pissed off, and I could actually see the Padres being the ones that get, like you said, That's Barrios, right. and then go and get Kimbrel. Because the Padres, I think the Padres are, you know, they have the lineup. They they need the pitching. So, to me, that would a point for the sense. Phillies to go after Kimbrell at this point? No, I mean, what, what is Kimbrell going to do? You know, you're still going to be losing a lot of games going into the eighth, ninth inning. You know, you still got holes in the starting rotation nonstop. There's, there's no point in going out and spending and giving away your one or two C-plus prospects for a guy that's maybe going to help you win one more game this year, two more games. He's not. He's not the difference, you know. Unless you're going to go out and go get two or three starting pitchers, getting Kimbrel Kimbrel is pretty useless in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely expect the Mets to uh, make a move or two here. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of shocked that they haven't already, uh, because I think the Mets, like I said, I to me the Mets are going to win the NL East. I, I I don't care what anybody you know in the Philly market says. The Mets, at the end of the day, have the best pitching in the league. You know, obviously, DeGrom's been hurt, but he'll be back. And, mm-hmm. and we've seen what he does. I mean, he's dominant. And to me, the biggest X factor for the Mets is the fact that their lineup has pretty much been more inept or just as inept as the Phillies pitching. Mm-hmm. So I don't expect – when it comes to bats, you you know, like, you know, it's obviously a 162-game season. So – over a long haul, I expect the Mets bats to start heating up. And you've already seen it with Pete Alonso. He Absolutely. hit like eight bombs in like 10 days. So he's red hot. I mean, that's a guy that only a couple of years ago hit 53 home runs. Absolutely. And so the Mets lineup will come to life. So once their bats come to life, it's going to be lights out for the Phillies. And that's just my yeah. opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, I just, I've said it before. You've said it before. I, I just don't see no reason for the Phillies to make moves. The, on the Mets subject, you know, Co- is it Cohen, their new owner? I mean, he kind of, he's kind of walk, talk the talk, like, you know, like John Middleton did with the stupid money thing. But I don't think he wants to be embarrassed and not 
follow through with the spending of the money and putting a winning product out there. So I, I see them making a move. I just don't know what move that's left is going to be worth what they're going to have to give up to, to get them. So I, I think sometimes teams spend way too much time reaching for trades at the deadline. They, they, they have to get a trade done. So, so they reach, they pay too much for them. And then it doesn't work out because only one team can win the world series. And then, then the next year they're back at the same point and they don't have the prospects to trade. So I don't think the Mets need to make as much of a trade because they're going to win the division even without making a trade. So making a move is if you think you can beat the Dodgers or the Giants or the Padres in the playoffs, that's why you make a move. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, very good points. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with everything you said. I, I, I think um, the American League, you know, obviously you have, um, you know, everybody kind of doing the same thing. Like I, I knew the Yankees were going to make moves because the Yankees, Yankees. have been – they, they, I mean, they've been bad this year. I mean, they're fa- I've seen, and their fans, you know, ha- yeah, we are. I mean, their fans, they have high standards because they're used to the Yankees buying. So I think they were even themselves kind of like getting pissed off. And I almost think that that's kind of why the Yankees made the move because I think they, they wanted to appease the fans more mm-hmm. so than they thought that they could contend because I don't think the Yankees are going to contend even with these moves. I, I think – I think there's other teams that, you know, are just so, you know, more, more superior, especially when it comes to pitching. I mean, the Yankees have Garrett Cole, but other than Garrett Cole, they don't have anybody. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I guess it's too hard to say winners or losers yet, but yeah, I guess we'll know at four o'clock. Yeah. Well, no, I, I actually see the Phillies not making a single move period, whether it's a buy move or a sell move. I think they just pretty much continue to roll out what they got. Which is fine with me because I told you how I feel and uh, everybody knows how. If I they feel. make a move, it's going to be like a Jason Vargas or Drew Smiley type move from the previous year. Moves that are just basically lateral moves. I mean, can I ask you a question before we move on? You don't yeah. even have to go into it detailed. How much of a big blunder was that Tyler Anderson botch? What does that say about the organization that you you, you had a trade on the table, but your minor league system is so inept, the guys you trade it, they didn't want it after they looked at it. They're like, oh, hold on. Let's get the little manila folder. No, I don't want them anymore. Never mind. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, it's embarrassing. I, I don't know. I, I think it's just – it's so Philly. It's, it's so Philly. It's a great way to put it. It, it is. It's so Philly, man. Well, on that note, since this is a sports and metal show – Absolutely. And I know that you love music, Phil, and I, I, I'm glad I you came on. So I kind of – I kind of wanted to bring up a, a question that I've been thinking about, and I kind of asked a couple of our guests already, but I'm kind of interested to see your answers on this one. So okay. basically I want to know who your Mount Rushmore in music – it doesn't have to be heavy metal per se. Right. Your Mount Rushmore in music. Well, you're going to so, put all music on the table. Well, we're putting – change it even more. Well, let's let's keep it to the metal or the rock. Well, yeah. Oh. So it doesn't have to be of I, so I started thinking about it and I was trying to come up with a drummer and a guitarist like one from each thing to make my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that, and that's what I wanted. Okay. So so I'm going to first say I'm going to go drummer first, okay? Um because I think he's a very underrated drummer. He's not a heavy metal guy. He's a rock and alternative rock. I don't even know what you consider them. Um from the Dave Matthews band, Carter Buford. Um, okay. I think he's probably I, I know I know Rolling Stones did a list like a few years ago in an article and he was ranked the number 10 drummer of all time in that list. 
and I was reading it and I think I remember reading it and when I was in college and in high school, Dave Matthews, that was like my jam. I would jam out to them all the time. Dave Matthews himself was the least, I don't know how much of a Dave Matthews fan you were or are or ever were, but Dave Matthews from the original incarnation of the lineup or the band, which has changed. Unfortunately, Leroy Moore passed away and you know, uh, the, the, the violinist, uh, why am I th- forgetting his name? Had some assault allegations, so he was kicked out of the band. So the original incarnation, though, the four members of the band were more talented than Dave Matthews, the lead singer and strummer of the band, okay. which is crazy to think. I mean, Stefan Lassard, their bassist, was really good. Leroy Moore, one of the most amazing jazz rock saxophone players out there of all time until he, again, unfortunately passed away. And why can't I think of uh, Boy Tinsley was their electric violinist in the band. Amazing. I never heard of an electric violinist before him. But Carter Buford, the greatest drummer, in my opinion, uh, in my, my personal favorites in all of all time. So that's number one. I don't know. Do, do, do you think, do you know, do you know Dave Matthews music enough to, to, to know that? I, you know what? I'm really not a huge Dave Matthews guy. I, it's not Are like you I don't comment on these own, on your own show. Oh man, dude, you can't even just say it. You got to throw it up there like that. Or is that Aaron checking in? That's Aaron. That's not me. That's Aaron. I was just trying to give you a hard time. I figured it was Aaron. Yeah. That's Aaron checking in from Hershey. Yeah. No, I, I, I probably saw in high school and college, I probably saw Dave Matthews like 15 times in concert. Cause you know, I, I, that, that was my stuff in, in college It's good chill out music and stuff like that. But Dave Matthews himself is not that overly talented. He screeches when he sings. He's not a great guitarist. He he is what he is. But they they they've they've made a great living and they they've sold out venues for man 25, 30 years now. So they're 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 obviously a well in certain circles a great band. But Carter Buford, hands down, drumming is amazing. No, and and you know what? I and this is what I will do. I will go and check them out because I I I, I obviously like I said, you know my style. I, yeah, I, I do. Told you too. But, you know, I thought, hey, this is your question. So I wanted yeah, to yeah. know your so. – So Mount Rushmore, it's, it's kind of hard to say because front man, there's so many different names. I, I, you know, I, I'm just going to write down – I was trying to think of who I was going to put as a front man on my Mount Rushmore, and I wrote down all different names. I'm just try, I'm trying to figure this one out. I wrote down Freddie Mercury, Jim Morrison, Kirk Cobain, Steven Tyler, you know, David Lee Ross, Bruce Springsteen, Dave – Dave Grohl, Joey Ramone. I, I wrote down all these names, and they're all different types of rock music and all. And I can't really pick one. But I'm like, well, they're not even my favorite band. But Freddie Mercury was an amazing, amazing like Queen's music. Like I know, I know their hits, and you know, I saw their movie and all that. I just think what he did for music in general, and how he helped transform it. I kind of feel like I got to put him on the list as, as the front man, but. You could convince me otherwise if, if you wanted to, but I probably have to put him on my as my front man. No, I mean honestly, like Aaron's Aaron's more of the Queen guy than me, but I, I respect Queen. I love Queen, yeah. I'm, but I'm just not. See, I, I'm not. I don't really listen to them enough to know and probably appreciate how good they are. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised Aaron's not checking in on this one. So, Maybe so the, uh, this is with talk. sports. This is with music. This is with everything. I don't necessarily think Queen's the greatest rock band of all time. They might not even make my top five, but I respect and appreciate what certain, like, like I hate the Beatles. I think the Beatles are the most overrated band ever. I, I can't say it. 
but I Agreed. appreciate what they did for music. And I appreciate what they mean to the history of music and the greatness that they were. So it's, it, I say it again with sports. Like I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but I get to live during the greatest quarterbacks era and see him play every single Sunday. So I appreciate that I get to do that. You know what I mean? Same thing with music. You know, you know, no, that's solid. Freddie Mercury I mean, meant a lot to music. And I think I kind of feel like he's right there as one of the best. Brian May. Yeah, every I, guy you, you mentioned on that list, on, on the list before you actually picked him, yeah, is, is, is up there. But yeah. yeah, Aaron, I told you Aaron would be checking in. So guitarist. I was thinking of guitarist. So he, so he does. He agrees with you. Yeah, no. Freddie is the greatest front. I, I mean, again, like I said, I, I might not be the biggest Queen fan, but I have to say he's probably the best of all time because of what he did for music. So I wrote down Holler, for, I, I wrote down for a guitar. I wrote a couple other names down. I wrote down Prince. I wrote down Santana, BB King, Jimi Hendrix, Page, Clapton. I wrote down all these names. And again, for some reason, drummer, it was just instant easy for me. Carter Buford. These other categories are harder for me to pick because I love so much music. So I always wanted to see BB King and Eric Clapton in concert together. I know they used to tour together. It was like my favorite live CD when they they, they put out a live CD of the two of them just going kind of like how Billy Joel and Elton John did their face-to-face -face tours all the time. There was a BB King, Eric Clapton, like face-to-face, -face, like guitar strum off tour that they did. That was like one of my favorite CDs I ever had. Um, so I kind of keep leaning to them. But then again, if I'm going to pick Freddie Mercury, do I have to pick Prince? Because again, I, I'm not a Prince fan, but again, the respect I have to throw to him for what he meant to music again. So again, I'm stuck on this one. I really want to go BB King or Eric Clapton, but I kind of feel like I have to go Prince. I don't know. Why don't you go all three? I go all three. Then it I wouldn't be Mount Rushmore. Can I have twenty names on my Mount Rushmore? <laughs> Phil, it's your show. You can do it's whatever. Your you want. show. So I'm gonna put two more names on my Mount Rushmore. You can put them in whatever category: drummer, frontman, whatever you want to put on. Dave Grohl. I hate the Foo Fighters, but I respect the hell out of Dave Grohl. And I mean, he's literally he he helps so many other bands out. He's always there for everybody. He was a great drummer. Turned great frontman. Um, he writes so many different songs. He's basically music. He lives and breathes music. Um, I, I respect Dave Grohl so much for what he did. And I had to double check because he's not a rock and rollist, but he is in the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I double checked to make sure he was in the Hall of Fame before I mentioned his name. My favorite songwriter of all time is Smokey Robinson. I don't know if people realize this. If you Google search him, he is up there in the top three of the most number one hit written. Like he didn't sing all the songs, but he wrote more number one songs than almost anybody in the history of music. He wrote over a thousand songs, period, for other musicians to sing. Um, I love Smokey Robinson. I'm a big, you know, Motown fan. I love Motown. Um, I think he's probably, he would be, if I had to say my favorite five, just musical acts of all time or favorite musical performers of all time, he's in my top five. Um, so I have to put him on my Mount Rushmore for his writing aspect of what he did. And if you read the lyrics of some of his songs that he wrote, every single one of them will either pull a tear out of you, pump you up, fire. Every song will do something emotionally to you. So I'm a huge Smokey Robinson guy. I love it. I love it, man. You ran out of the box. Back to my tears from Smokey Robinson. It, it pulls at my heartstrings every time. 
It's all good, man. I I, I love the list. Uh, oh, you know, I wrote down Flea as well. I know you're a big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Flea, he might be my favorite bassist of all time. I I, I have to throw that out there too. It's okay. I, I like it. I, I'm surprised Aaron's not jumping in here though. I'd love to hear what he thinks. You know, I, 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 want, I want people – I know this is a, a metal rock and roll show, but I really want metal people and rock and roll people to look at Smokey Robinson's library and not just the ones he wrote or, or, or performed, the ones he wrote as well. I mean, the guy's one of the, the greatest writers. I know he's from the 60s mostly and 70s when he was writing all his number one hits, but the guy has written so much great music. It, it, it just – you know, it, it, it's amazing to watch. Dude, I love it, man. I love the list. It's very diverse. You know what I mean? I'm a diverse guy. Hey, dude, you want to know what I was listening to on the ride home tonight? Jimmy Buffett's Buffett Buffet. Hour-long straight of, of Jimmy Buffett. I'm, I'm a parrot head as well. You know, I, I listen to I listen to the Kenny Chesney channel. I, I, I got hip-hop channels on my, my radio station. I listen to it all. You know, I, I'll get into a deep debate whether it's Tupac or Biggie. You know, if you want to go East Coast, West Coast. You know, I can get into that debate as well. You know, I... I, I love music and I, I'll do, I'll do it all. So. Well, listen, man, I'm, I'm so, so happy that you came on the show. I, it's been a blast, brother. I love it. I mean, I love having you on, obviously, uh, you know, hopefully we could do it again soon. Absolutely. You know, um, I, love I love having you on my shows. I love, I love working with you. Teddy, by watching this guy right here, Jason, Jason's a man. He doesn't get enough credit for what he's in a short period of time, what he's been, been able to do. So. Yo, I, I appreciate hats off to you. Role. I don't have my hat on. Let me put my hat on. <laughs> hat off to you there, bro. I, I, pre I appreciate you. I, and I appreciate you, obviously. Um, real quick, before we end the show, why don't you tell everybody what you've been doing and yeah. where they can find you? And I, I, I did put it on there as well. Yeah. You know, obviously, I left my previous network uh, about a month ago. I've joined up with my boy Scotty and Dylan and JD and Gint and all the other crew there at DSM Media. DSM stands for Do Something Major. Um, the great thing about DSM Media, we're all we're all in the same singular focus of just putting out great content all the time. We've got eight shows a week. I do two shows right now. I do my Fairway to Heaven fantasy golf show every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Me and Jason, we got a great guest lined up this upcoming week. Uh, Wednesday, I do my show Trending for Four Quarters. It's mostly football, but we talk basketball and baseball and stuff like that as well. Um, and, of course, I'll be doing my post-game live shows as soon as Eagle season starts back up this upcoming week. But you got to follow DSM. Follow me. You know, everybody already follows me, I hope. You know, you, you got to. You know, I, I, I like to preach one thing, and I know Jason's the same way. You know, you'll never get turned away from a conversation. As long as you're friendly and not, like, offensive in any way, I will debate you and discuss with you. And I feel engagement is something that Twitter needs more of people that will engage each other in thoughtful conversation. And that's what I try to do. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I always say, like, I disagree with a lot of people. but I disagree nice, with you sometimes, you know? We've disagreed a lot, but in a nice way. And we're never disrespectful. And, and listen, that's what makes it fun, having yeah, debates. And that's what's great about these shows, because everybody has different opinions and everybody brings a different skill set to the table when it comes to podcasting. Absolutely. And, and let's face it, we have a ton of local talent, man, in our area. Tons. There is a ton of people that, like, even tons that aren't getting enough recognition that Absolutely. aren't, you know, even being, you know, seen or heard. So, 
I like to that that's why you you'll always see me trying to support everybody on there because that I People feel like support you more because you support well, everybody else. Now they need to start supporting you. I think well, I put that out there a few times. Yeah, you know, let's let's support Jason a little bit more here, everybody. That's good to hear, man. Um, and like I said, I we're missing Aaron, but he's out there in spirit. He just Aaron, Aaron's getting getting the golden th- ticket with that with that you know. Oh. Next thing you're gonna know, he hasn't told you, but he's got backstage passes too. Oh, he'll be texting me a picture with him and in, in Slash in the back in the backstage, <laughs> and then I'm gonna really lose my. Yeah. Shit. This is this is gonna be the breakup of sports and metal because this is gonna end the two of your friendship and all. Oh. Uh. But anyway, well, like I said, folks, thank you for checking in. Make sure you check us out at Sports and Metal. Uh, you know, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We got all four, and it's at Sports and Metal. Subscribe to our stuff, and uh, it's been a blast, Phil. And as we, I know, I, 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 I show, know we go with whatever, but we're gonna go with the rock and roll thing. Yeah, huh? well, we always end the show with Aaron will say rock on, and I say peace out. So why don't you take us out, Phil? Rock on. Peace out. And that's our show. Tune in next time for more sports and metal. With Jason Voorhees and Aaron Savage. Oh, yeah. Got something to say? Hit us up at sportsandmetal0423 at yahoo.com or on Twitter at Sports